developing your passion into a business with Shopify and break sales records with the world's best converting checkout. Let's hear that one more time. The world's best converting checkout. Shopify's legendary checkout makes it easier for customers to shop on your website, across social media, and everywhere in between. Now that's music to your ears. Any way you spin it, you can be a smash hit with Shopify. Start your dollar a month trial today at shopify.com slash records. This is Action and Ambition, the show that takes you all over the world to share interviews with the most successful and relevant people on the planet. Hear their backstory, get the most important lessons they've learned on their road to success, and hear exclusive tips on how to implement their success in your own life. Action and Ambition is brought to you by Entrepreneur Magazine and your host, Andrew Metal. Welcome to the Action and Ambition podcast. I'm your host today, Chase Geyser. And with us, we have a very special guest. Souk is building the first DeFi native investment management firm. Their platform enables anyone to compose strategies or participate in high-quality investment vehicles, regardless of social class or technical proficiency. Their first product enables users to get structured market exposure to the Ethereum gaming industry through their ETF 2.0 product, Liquid Staking Vaults. John Paul Vega, it's an honor and a pleasure to have you on the Action and Ambition podcast. How are you today, sir? Thanks, Chase. I'm doing really well. I'm ready to get this Monday Monday going and then start the week off right. So thanks for having me. Yeah, absolutely. So where does this story begin for you? Have you always been interested in the tech finance space or has this been sort of like a new development in your career? Yeah, so I think, you know, I've always been interested in, in finance and equities. Um, I was able to trade stocks from a really young age uh, through my father's uh, brokerage account. Um, and that gave me a really good exposure to understand like how companies are valued. And I just like really caught on and, and love reading financial statements um, from a young age and then have been really playing as like a hobby investing um, for the past, like almost 20 years now. And with the rise of, of crypto specifically, you know, a lot around game economies, and those things coming on chain and offering a new way to get exposure to something that traditionally had only been limited to institutional investors or, or large pension funds um, in the form of like Blizzard or some of these other public gaming companies. I saw it as like a really interesting way to apply some of the open money, programmable money principles inside of uh, game economies where there's like a natural economic gameplay built through the different game loops. And that's something that just really stood out to me and, and was something I was really able to identify with. And that started me down this whole path of uh, crypto and learning a lot more about decentralized applications beyond just gaming and how value is now accruing to the token layers. And that's really the new form of equity that's available to to us as, as shareholders of these protocols. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, I'm really fascinated with blockchain tech as well. I've had a lot of clients in my advertising agency that have, you know, had different tokens, different IPOs, different white papers, different projects. And um, I've also had close friends who invested very early in Ethereum before anyone really even knew what cryptocurrency was. Um, but as far as gaming is concerned, I, I'm waiting for the day that you can have an online experience on a blockchain similar to what you can have on like an Xbox or a PC gaming. So how far are we from the tech being there where you can live chat and play a very substantial video game online on a blockchain? versus from centralized servers? 
Yeah, so we're, we're, we're moving in stages. You know, what I see and what I think is going to be the case for the near term is you're going to have some subset of a game's economy that exists on blockchains. Right. Typically, that's going to be their in-game currency um, and some of the purchases that players make. Maybe not all of the purchases that players make, but there's going to be a subset of assets that um, exist as NFTs and require you to use their uh, cryptocurrency to purchase those. Um, and so that's really going to be the first pieces of games we see poured over. And I think what that looks like for the user is you're playing a really fun game, AAA content quality, and there's this area of experience in the game, this, this, uh, these different modes that require you to have different assets or begin to participate in a different manner. And that's how you're going to really be ex- accessing uh, some of the, the blockchain aspects. I think we're probably a long ways away from a game fully running on a blockchain like it does right now on, on AWS or some sort of uh, server infrastructure. I don't know if that is really the best use, but what's awesome about this is you have the ability to open up a game's economy, which is something that's existing, it's durable, it's typically a closed ecosystem. But now with the power of, of currency and digital ownership, that's something you can immediately port over. So I think we're going to see you know, projects in the next six to 12 months really taking advantage of this that are way beyond the games that we've seen before that you know can compete with with fortnite or league of legends um and there's a lot of games i'm really excited about that fit this category but when we think about gaming that's what we think about it's an amazing game that you would play whether or not it was on the blockchain like it, it it's, it's irrelevant it's compelling content and you get this added bonus of you now get to share the upside of that economy as a player as a community member but also the the purchases and the, and the assets that you own are yours. Um, and and that whole aspect we think is going to be a great value proposition for gamers. And that's where we're betting that the, the next games take off, that it doesn't need to be everything, all the actions are happening on chain, that just needs to be like where the value is accumulating, where players are naturally spending time and money. Those are going to be the real places that port over first. And I think that's, you know, some of the upcoming games that we see, they're really focused on that. That makes sense. I know that when uh, the World of Warcraft came out, there were entire companies that were dedicated sort of click farms for mining gold all day and acquiring gear all day so that could be sold on sort of third-party markets, right? Because when it came out, you could actually go online and pay real US dollars in exchange for someone's account or in exchange for a piece of gear or equipment that they may, may have had in the game. And I, I think Blizzard actually shut a lot of that down uh, because these industries were making so much money uh, just having people all day go mine gold in this world. Um, so I'm curious, what are the advantages for the actual gaming companies to utilizing um, blockchain for the the game economy versus having a centralized sort of, you know, this is how much gold you have and we're recording it on our centralized server. What are some of the advantages of moving it to a blockchain? Yeah, I think that's that's a really good question. So at a fundamental principle level, if you imagine these things as economies, which is that's kind of like what they are, it mm-hmm. becomes like how do what what are the opportunities that the players has to interact with that economy? And there's different systems that exist that determine how big that economy can be. Example would be, you know, before we used to put quarters in to play a game, right? And right. that really just limited the size of, of the gaming market and and that type of transactionary, every time you want to play, you have to put in a, a coin, just limited who could participate when they could participate. Then we moved into consoles and you went into, I'm going to buy the content up front and play this game, you know, and that really brought in access. You saw a lot more people participate, the industry blossomed. 
and then a new innovation for how how you deliver how how like value is captured was you give someone a game for free and you let them play it for free fall in love with it and then you monetize other aspects of the economy that for people that really love the game they're going to find very valuable um, whether that's social proof or different types of maps or battle passes or things like that and that increased the surface area of players but also increased the revenue opportunities for games and so i think of this as the next evolution in that paradigm where okay we've existed in this closed economy ecosystem if we were to open up aspects of this economy if not all of it could that create more revenue opportunities than just a game trying to balance its own economy and and manage its own centralized currency and that's i think the opportunity that we have available and the other the other unique piece is like games are so cultural you know they they're very important pieces of of our cultural fabric and and our online identities and that is something that didn't exist for these other monetization methods for for early gaming companies so i see a world where I, the next studio, the next Blizzard, instead of having my equity trade in a public market where the people that are typically buying that are institutional investors that don't even contribute to the community, that just know that like games print money and I want to hold this stock because that equity value is going to go up in time, to actually redistributing that to people that participate in the game, participate in the community, participate in creating content um, and understand like the value and get to share in that upside. So in that world... I think that the pie gets much bigger and it's a lot more compelling than uh, some of the, the, the financing and uh, the revenue pathways that have typically existed for these games. Um, but beyond that, what we've seen to date in actual practice and application is there is a high demand for people to not only play games, but also for people to play a game's economy. And that's a new vector of play that hasn't been able to exist under this paradigm where all of the economy is centrally controlled. Um, it's almost like moving from like a, uh, like a system of communism to a free market capital system in, inside of these games. And so I think there's a lot of opportunities that can be built on top of that. But I think this extends beyond just games. Really any decentralized app can work the same way. Um, it doesn't have to be just games. And I think that's a, a, a really powerful trend. And we're going to see a lot of experimentation, a lot of simulations run. Um, and ultimately, I think there is a surface area for a new type of economic model to exist that isn't closed and that value will accrue in new ways that can be greater than what we've seen traditionally. What is the nature of the Ethereum gaming industry now? I know at first there was like a lot of online gambling that was done using Ethereum. Uh, is that still sort of primarily what it is or is, is, is has it evolved in the last few years? Oh man, it is it is one of these things that uh, it's evolving so fast. I think what we what what Ethereum really represents is is programmable money, a money layer for the the new internet, and games are being built on top of it for these features. There's a variety of different scalability solutions that exist that enable games, uh, but for the most part, what we're seeing is the first phase of games like this this play to earn. Um, dynamic, which I'm, I'm not generally a fan of. It just doesn't make economic sense to me. Like, I don't understand how value accumulates. Um, though that really proved that like, okay, there's a lot of different ways that people want to get play, play these games. They want to speculate. They want to uh, farm in different manners, which, which was interesting. But now what we're seeing is people are like, you know what? It's hard enough to build a game. Having to like create this 
really elaborate economy that's open on top of that makes it almost like impossible to do both these things correct at the same time. And most of history has shown us that like you have these games launched, they have like some impractical uh, impractical economics, they rise and fall really quickly. And so what we're seeing right now is a really fast evolution to like, let's get a triple A kick-ass game out there that to the end consumer, to the player, they don't know whether it's on blockchain or whether it's off blockchain. It just is such compelling gameplay that whether they're incentivized, whether they're not incentivized, whether they can own the currency, whether they don't own the currency, they want to play the game. And that's really the first principle mindset of where we see the best games focusing. And then on top of that, once they're able to like understand this audience, understand their gameplay, understand the mechanics, they're introducing over time more avenues where value accumulates to the token holders, where um, their economy is uh, more uh, open. And that's kind of the the state of the art of, of what we're seeing is it's kind of like a transition. Um, you don't want to exclude, you don't want to be limited to only blockchain. You don't want to be limited to only people that want to speculate on token or, or DeFi users. You really want to have the normal gameplay experience that we have today, but with some of the fundament, fundamental economic pillars that happen to take advantage of blockchain and cryptocurrencies. And that's like been in 12 months. So it's like a very rapid evolution. So tell me about what product you're offering that integrates with this Ethereum gaming industry? How does it, how does your tool work in this in the context of the space? Yeah, so our tool really taps into the fun, a fundamental principle of, of crypto, which is you know people want to share in the upside of the token economies or the apps that they use, right? A lot of what we have in Web two, we really don't get to share in the upside of participating in these networks, contributing to these network effects. So we're taking that persona, which is basically like, I see this as an opportunity to share in the upside of a decentralized app economy that I, you know, I'm a fan of that I love. And we take that and we extend it so that you don't have to buy a single token, you don't have to pick the right token at the right time, you can buy into a basket or a thesis, in this case, Ethereum gaming, and we can help arrange an investment product that matches your risk appetite can give you features that limit your exposure to volatility or the downside of some of, of holding some of these tokens through option strategies, a variety of different vehicles. But we can do that in a simple way where the consumer just comes, puts in USDC, and gets to participate in this thesis-driven basket that invests across uh, uh, an index of token economies within that uh, thesis. And so they get reduced exposure, single single token over exposure. They get to take advantage of staking rewards that are often delivered by um, these tokens and have a, a time waiting aspect. And they get to do it in a manner where this vault share that we we deliver to them is liquid. So at any time they can rotate out of their position, um, and we give them all of the benefits of being able to have index exposure, but with just-in-time liquidity so that they're not locked into these positions. So we think it's a really great way to help shed light on all the benefits of having your your economy live on the blockchain and do it in a way that's consumer-friendly, regardless of like where you're at, whether you have an understanding for how the technology works, um, that's done in a way that's approachable from you know a, a financial uh, literacy standpoint. And that's what's really, really unique about about our product. Um, it it doesn't really take anyone having a deep knowledge of what's happening in the blockchain ecosystem to be able to participate. Um, and it's all decentralized. We don't custody any money, um, and you know we don't really discriminate on transaction size. 
So it's open to really anyone in the world. And I think that's that's what's really unique about what we're offering. We're hoping we can be a really strong pillar for other decentralized apps right now in, in gaming because we know that economy really well. But really in any decentralized app ecosystem, we want to be able to be a long-term capital holder that participates in providing stability um, to the token economies of the most brightest projects across across Ethereum and other blockchains. Hmm, that's fascinating. So when did you start this whole project? So we we actually built the first, you can think of it as like a Robinhood or a portfolio manager for video game assets um, last year in or like uh, Q2 2022. Um, and we learned a lot about gaming. And then there was, you know, we have, we've had three market uh, crashes in crypto this year. Sure. And so we really had to adjust our strategy and, and like broaden the, the aperture of the audience that we serve. But that's how we, we got involved in learning about the users, you know, what they're looking for, how they view these games, how they view other tokens, and seeing that common thread of like, oh, people want to be owners in the products that they're participating in, right? And like that, that makes a lot of sense. Like, why, why would you not want to contribute to the things you care about? You buy stock in the things that you own. You know, it's like a pretty common investor paradigm. And we really wanted to run with that and do it in a way that like, you know, how can we address some of the volatility challenges that, that users are having? And that led us down to this path where for the last um, almost seven months, we've been working on this and we have some really amazing technology. We're actually building three protocol products that anyone in the future will be able to integrate. We have an awesome staking router. We have a vault strategy that handles all of the on-chain investing, the reward distribution. And then we have an NFT AMM that makes our vultures liquid. And we're actually building the first consumer-facing product by stitching these three things together. We've done it over almost almost seven months. Um, and we're going to have our first demonstrable product, which is the AMM, um, where people can actually interact with it, trade existing video game assets that they might own without having to go through like OpenSea or Blur, which are having you know their own cyclical things going on with uh, how, they, how they reward and, and incentivize creators. But to help people understand and learn about the technology that we plan to launch probably in Q3 after it goes through heavy auditing, um, but we we made a, a massive pivot when we saw this opportunity. We actually restructured the team to focus and go after after this opportunity, and and like we've been really hitting hitting the ground hard. Um, but we're we're really excited um, about that, and we think that right now is a, is a great time uh, for this type of product, given some of the failures of you know centralized actors, but also just the volatility in the space has shown us that consumers have a demand to have, to buy these tokens um, because of of the the forward appreciation, the forward uh, value creation that can, that can happen mm -hmm. by holding these tokens, but they just don't have good vehicles to do it other than trying to pick a token at the right time, you know, and for the right project. And that's just uh, kind of a failure of understanding what consumers want and what they're actually trying to do. Um, and, and we see this as a way to like give them a better alternative uh, that helps them get the benefits that they want, but also provide them some of the risk reduction uh, that they wouldn't be able to coordinate on their own. Makes sense. So what would you say is something you know now that you wish you would have known when you started a year ago? Oh, man, I think uh, like strong opinions, but like loosely held, I think is is, uh, is something that I'm continually finding myself going, going back to. It's, you know, it's, it's very good to have to 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 understand something break it down for first principles but like in this space it's everything's evolving so rapidly that you really have to have a continuous 
cycle of ingesting information and using that to like modify your beliefs. Um, otherwise you just, it's really hard to be successful um, in a space like this, which is pretty atypical from, I would say like the web two companies that I've worked at because the TAM has been so big that you can kind of bumble around for a little bit. If you don't really understand consumers in this space, there's just not that many audience members to go out and get. You don't have the same kind of latitude that you have where you could kind of find a niche and and be really successful. You have to serve the broad audience of consumers because there's just not that many in this space. My brother-in-law is an enthusiastic crypto investor. And obviously when crypto was at its, at its most recent peak, uh, he was delighted. And we were at dinner, a family dinner, and we were just having this conversation and it's like if you could go back in time to any time period in all of history what would you like to see and somebody was like oh ancient rome somebody else was like oh, i'd like to see the dinosaurs and he was like 2009 <laughs> bitcoin yeah right yeah. i just thought that was such a brilliant answer but it's so funny how even recent history is is ancient history in the context of of this um totally evolving space it's like it's like the internet.com boom all over again but um I, I think crypto's got legs, uh, but it's it's just crazy to see a new technology flourish. Well, and you know, it's it the the pace of with which it's changing is amazing, and that's like something I really focus on. Like, what's the rate of change, and like how fast is it evolving? Because if you think about it, like fundamentally, why do we use paper money? We're already digitizing a lot of money. Most of the money that is in air quote circulation is is, is digital. It's actually not paper. And it's kind of interesting when you think like, well, why can't that be programmed or updated like an app on my phone? Like, why does it have to be this thing that doesn't change its behavior, right? That, that has, has no programmability to it. And I think more and more people are starting to understand um, and, and, and see that because most of the industry that we have built around money is basically using humans to try and program a behavior, right? Whether it's investing, you know, whether it, it's spending, it's these are all these things that require a lot of human actors and like they could probably be programmed with without as many human actors and like probably in a more efficient way and in a more secure way and i think that's a really exciting uh trend to see starting to emerge in in like the broader consciousness um which i think is the right way to look at this to to, to look at crypto not like a mechanism for speculation it's just like what are all the things that money could do for us if we could actually program it to do things and I think that opens up a really awesome wealth of, of opportunities. And I think that it's a, it's a very healthy way to look at it. And, and it's, it's like mm. a very healthy way to like question something that we use every single day. So where can people find you, follow you, and engage with your brand? Yeah, so we're about to relaunch our, our website. It's souq.gg, S-O-U-Q dot G-G, like good game. Um, and they can find me at IMJP on Twitter. And yeah, I really appreciate the opportunity to, to speak with you today. This has been really fun. Thank you. Yeah, it's been an honor and a pleasure to have you. And I hope you'll come back and join us again after some time passes and keep us updated as to how things are going. Yes, definitely. Thanks, Chase. Have a great week. Thank you. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to Action and Ambition with your host, Andrew Metal. Please leave a review and subscribe and go to andrewmetal.com for all the exclusive lessons, behind-the-scenes footage, and video content of the show. Follow us on Facebook and YouTube at Action and Ambition, and we'll see you on the next episode.